thank you for joining us once again on the How Do I Open Out podcast, uh, where we are simply three guys working it out, boiling through, uh, working it out with fear and trembling, and, uh, and, and asking and seeking and knocking. Those questions that kind of remain unanswered or even in, remain unengaged, and that's what we want to do here. Um, we have no agenda. We are simply trying to understand and walk this journey out to gain even more understanding to draw closer to God. And today I am joined once again by two very important people, two very good friends. We have uh, Mr. K and Mr. Rick Partel. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Mike. Hey, hey good morning, Mike. Hey, so let's 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 do a little recap and uh, you know jump in here if I forget anything. But the first couple of podcasts that we have done, uh, we've we've really started to get into. What are next steps? What does it mean when you accept Jesus? Where do we go from here? That's the question, the looming question that kind of is out there. Uh, where do we go from here? And then we started to break it down into who is God? Um, wh- what is the logos? Wh- who is Jesus Christ? And, and, and we're, we're, we're going to kind of transition into the Holy Spirit, bring it all together. And, and, and again, there is so much more out there, guys, that, that we have just graze the service, but I encourage you, the listener, go out and, and look for yourself. Seek, ask, knock, ask the tough questions, and you'll really start to gain an understanding of, of who God is and what your role is in this journey to become a disciple. So let's let's get into it today. This is the How Do I Repent.org podcast. Okay, uh, let's begin. Mr. K, um, you know, we, we got into to a little bit of who is God, a little bit of who is you know, is Jesus. We, we talked about the logos. And so we want to, we want to start from there. So let's, let's continue to roll on. And, and, and again, we want to go back to what have you discovered this week? Uh, and, uh, and that's where we're going to begin today. I wanted to bring up a point that, uh, I had learned about through a Bible study called Torah Club, which is from FFOZ. And they're out of Israel, so they're they're a very good organization. Really love their materials. Um, but before I do, I, I want to actually hit back on last week because today okay. we're going to really kind of go, go back and talk about the Spirit of God. Last week we talked about God and, and Jesus, and the week before that we talked about the roles of Messiah. The week before that we were talking about why do we even accept Jesus, and right. then um and not doing it from a selfish reason but that we're here to serve the king we had made a definition of the word hakma and talking about it where it was defined as a person's potential and that's actually on a website called habad website and it's a it's a jewish uh website has a lot of really good resources which we had Um, determined that you know looking into uh the jewish perspective and understanding from that the perspective of our king and i like to call it a a kingdom perspective, learning from that perspective through the culture of the people and our Messiah, Jesus Christ, as as he lived during his day. So really, we, we want to focus on, you know, where this comes from, what it looked like, you know, in action. And, and really, that comes through the Jewish people, correct? Correct. Yeah. And, you know, and so looking at it just from the Jewish perspective, looking at wisdom, uh, one of the things, you know, talking about the Holy Spirit Anytime in the Bible it talks about the Holy Spirit, it's referring to a spirit of wisdom or understanding or knowledge. And so I want to kind of break that down a little bit and really hit on the function of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we, we can even look at it and say, well, why did Jesus need the Holy Spirit? Why did, because it said he had this, the spirit measure. So I want to come back around to that question. 
Um, but before we get there, you know, just kind of looking at it, like if it's our potential, um, you know, and, and we actually talked about last week, a Jewish perspective of the, the book of life where God had written the story about our complete, you know, our full potential. Mm-hmm. And that's what's written in the book of life. And then in the end, you know, we, we're going to stand in front of a ju- judgment seat of Christ and we will be weighed in the balance. And, you know, what are we weighed against? You know, how are, how are we measured? And it's like that we have this full potential that God has ordained us with, but yet we still have to achieve it. So there's a part that we play. And then so looking at wisdom as potential and if the wisdom comes through the spirit, then there's a there's a key point there of how are we going to gain our full potential? You know, really foundational pieces. The Holy Spirit is there to guide us into all wisdom and truth to fulfill our full potential. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, to anybody that's going down this journey, I would say the Holy Spirit's the most abstract or, you know, the three aspects of God. But I just want to make a difference. I want to ask that. There is a difference. So the Holy Spirit's not the Logos. Oh, right. Yeah. And, I mean, Jesus, it didn't say Jesus healed the Logos. He he healed from the Spirit. And actually, I mean, there's a couple different places in the Bible that's referred to there. I know Paul referred to it in talking about us being able to do things in the measure of the Spirit. Matthew 12, it, you know, uh, there's a situation where Jesus was asking the the leaders. He was like, well, who, you know, how am I able to do you know, how am I able to cast out demons? And he said, you know, but if it is by the spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And so, I mean, he's making a direct reference there that what he's doing is by the spirit. So, and so I, the question you know, that you that you posed in the beginning, and, and you know, I, I, I believe it bears repeating as we as we traverse this uh, unknown territory. Why did Jesus need the Holy Spirit as it's really a conundrum in my mind, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Why would He need certain things if He had them all? He He had them already. I'm I'm working this out in my mind, but I, I want you to explain that because to me it seems um, hard to grasp why the Son of God, why God who came down in human form, why He needed the Holy Spirit? Why Why would He need the Holy Spirit if He had if He came from? I, I just I'm trying to work this out. So help me understand this. You know, let's just take a step back. Last week we talked about the logos, and you know, like the logos was the existence of okay. God in this world. So it, it's it's the function of God in this world. It, it's not God in the full. You know, it, it's God. You could say, well, it, it's God because it's a part of God, but. It's not really. It's like saying it's it's like saying Michael Jordan was a baseball player. Yeah, I mean, no, he he played professional baseball, but that's not what he was. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was a basketball player. So it, it was a piece of it, but it's not the whole story. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, you could look at it like that. I mean, it, it's here. Here's the existence was here from the beginning and it's, you know, it's, it, you know, John said it is God and it is with God. You know, that's what it says in the beginning was the word, word was God and the word was with God. I mean, so we're looking well, at was existence. But, right, yeah. right. So that's, a, it, you know, it's a first cause. Sure. No, it, right. wasn't, so it, it wasn't necessarily, everything wasn't necessarily in the beginning though. So that's, I guess uh, there's another question. It, it, it's it, in the beginning as we know it. The whole, so we, we've established that the logos was there at creation because God said, let there be light. We're establishing that's the light of the Messiah. That's the Logos. 
right? And so where's the Holy Spirit in that in that interaction at the beginning? The Spirit was separated, you know, because it said it was hovering over the waters. I mean, if you look through the Old Testament, you'll you'll see anywhere that it was, you know, something was done by God, it was through the Spirit of God. So, I mean, even when it, when it got put on kings, when it got put on, you know, even Saul, there was a time to talk about Saul started prophesying and every, you know, even Moses. You know, he he laid the anointing. I mean, it was a spirit of God. There was a measure, and everybody in in history before had a measure of the yeah. spirit. But but here's now all of a sudden the Messiah who has this role to fill. Which, if you really want to come to understand, go back to podcast two. Well, you know that the thing is the the role of Messiah is what's important to understand because we're talking about trying to understand our place in this whole kingdom. I mean, right. we're we're accepting Jesus, and it's like, well, what does that mean? We have a place in the kingdom, so if we can understand the King's place and His role, and understand God's place, and we can kind of start understand, or we can really start to understand, and and whatever the understanding level of understanding God gives us through the Spirit. <laughs> of how how we're supposed to live out this life. So let's pull, because pull today, some of that together there. Let, let's pull some of that together there. So, so you're talking about, you know, the, the role of Messiah. We're given a role. There is a full potential to fulfill that role in the kingdom. So that's really the point behind it all, right? I mean, we look for, we hear it said, you know, the meaning of life. What is the meaning of life? Is to live out your potential, is to live out your role in the kingdom, you know, as as a ordered God and and someone who has laid out a plan for success. We all know if you go in and you just start acting randomly and doing what you want to do in the workforce, you have complete chaos. We 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 serve an ordered God and we serve an ordered king. And and our king determines this is what I need you to do when I need you to do it in order to bring about full-on redemption in this world. So the spirit's role in that, again, getting back to the Holy Spirit, is he, as he sees fit, God says, okay, you're going to need this measure in order to complete this. You're going to need this measure to complete this. And, and that's what we say for the sake of the kingdom. You know, I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm going on missions trips. I'm do, I'm doing these things, but it's by the spirit, correct? So moving into right. it, it back into that, Jesus needed a certain amount, a measure, I guess, if we call it a certain amount of the Holy Spirit to do what he did. Does that all make yeah, sense? Was it, that confusing? Yeah, I, I don't I mean, want to confuse anybody. I'm trying to, I, in my finite mind, grasp it and put the pieces together. Well, let's look at, the, you remember, we, we made a comment last, I think last week, talking about the, the job of the Messiah is to bring everybody to the resurrection. Right. And I mean, that's really the, the end. I mean, we, in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, in the end, Jesus overcomes death which is just what he's doing. He's resurrecting people because everybody will be resurrected, whether they're Christian, not Christian is everybody's going to be resurrected. Sure. And it's just well, now what happens after that resurrection? Well, and well hold on. We, I, I just have something that I want to throw in there. It, didn't he come to do away with the, the, the Torah, the law, the Pharisees, all of that stuff <laughs> that, that, that just, I mean, that's that weight of the law, that curse of the law, like, like that, I'm trying to understand because he came to to set us free to do away from the law, and you know, as it says in Romans, we we can come back to this, but okay. the answer is no. James says, you know, it's the law of liberty, 
So, you know, he's talking about the Torah. So it brings liberty. It's just when we're more focused, the short answer is when we're more focused on this world, it becomes a burden because our, our desires are selfish. We're wanting to do our things. We're going after the things of this world, which is a total opposite to opposes God. So if you're focused on this world, then the law, the Torah, the instructions become a burden. But when you are seeking God and he changed and you work through this repentance process, he changes your heart. And all of a sudden you start desiring to be obedient. And what happens is you're starting to be set free. And so that's a, you know, it's, it, it's a, it's a longer conversation and hopefully sure, sure, sure. podcast, we can get more into them. Right. But, but our, our goal, you know, I think this is a good point. This with what you were talking about and bringing up to this point, I, I want to go back to a point about what I learned with FFOZ because I think okay. it will really tie into this. Okay. And there was a church father, um, back in, you know, it, it was like around 138 days named Irenaeus. He had a book called, uh, against heresies. And so if you want to look up this, you know, where we're getting this from. And so he taught that the apostles taught that Jesus said the kingdom of God was set up uh, with three camps that were described like in the book of Numbers. And so there's people on the outer camp, there's people in the middle camp, and then there's people in the inner camp. And so there, you think about them like there's zones. And so you would call that the zones of holiness because <laughs> holiness means separation. So there's a separation between each zone. So you've got standard Israelites on the outside, and then you have the Levites that are in the middle. And so they're the servant. They're, they're basically servants. I mean, uh, if you, I don't know if you, if you haven't, if you've looked at like the sacrificial process, it's, it's really, it's really more like a food. They're eating food. They're eating with God. So, so the Levites, a lot of times when they're in the temple, they're, they're like butchers. They're slaughtering animals and they give a portion of the meat to God and they give a portion of the meat to the fan, to the Levites who are working in their families and then a portion to the, uh, you know, to the people bringing the sacrifice. It's like us going to a restaurant, but God's like, Hey, I, I want you to come to my restaurant because <laughs> we're going to eat. And so those I, Levites like had that. different jobs and roles. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, so you think about the Levites were servants. So they were serving in the temple. They were doing things. And then you've got the inner camp, which is, um, this is where the Holy of Holies is. So this was like where the, where the, you know, where Moses set up the tabernacle. Right. And so there's these zones. Like I said, the apostles taught that Jesus taught that the, that when you go to eternity, that there would be these three zones. So, so the first zone is you're, you've made it into heaven. Yay, we've made it into heaven. And so now we're in the camp of the Israelites. Well, then there's a gate that, that you've got to go through to go to the next to the middle. And so the, the next gate is you're going into the camp of the Levites. So it's a different level of holiness. Well, then you keep going and you eventually go to the next gate, which takes you into the temple. You're take, you're going into the presence of God. And so the other thing that Irenaeus talked about was that the outer camp was somebody, it, it, the, the way that I interpreted it from what the way I understood it was that, that if you, basically the first zone is the understanding of the Holy Spirit. And then the middle zone is the understanding of the Messiah. And then the center zone would be the understanding of God. So based on the understanding that you have is what you merit to to go into. 
Okay. Well, so, so, so I want to, I want to just throw in a, a question or a comment, you know, and you, you could affirm it or, or say completely, you know, the opposite. Um, when Moses went up to, you know, up to the mountain, up Mount Sinai, and he, w- he went into the dwelling presence of God. That's why his face shone. We can all agree on that. This is what he saw. And he said, set it up like you see here. And Moses did it with bringing physical objects, you know, as he saw, you know, the, the, what, what we call the, you know, the, the curtains were, were ha- had to be a certain way and everything had to be set a certain way because that's what he saw in heaven. So when, I, when I'm thinking about this, and I'm, you know, maybe you're thinking about this listening right now and saying, where is he getting this? What, what, how could he just speak so freely about, and is this a hardline stance? I'm, I'm now connecting the two and, and I'm, and I'm in agreement with you that what he saw in heaven, God said, I want you to make this here. Am I on the right track here? Make, make yeah. what you saw. And so if, if he made that happen and there are zones in, in the camp of Israel, there were only certain people allowed into those zones, but then that kind of confronts the the veil was torn and we can enter into the presence of God. Could could we just expound just a second on that? My understanding is the veil being torn and now we, that is our permission to be able to commune directly with God, to, to talk directly to God at this point. He may not talk back. He may talk back. You know, it depends on where you're at, but am I, how far, and that's in, that's in today for today. Is that not, you know what I mean? The way that I would describe it, I think, would be to look at it as we have to go through these zones. To get to the next zone, you got to go through a gate. So if you go to Israel, and, and you'll, you'll see there's different gates around the temple, and they all had a different purpose. Mm. Okay, so Jesus said in, in John ten nine, he said, I am the gate. And whoever enters through me will be saved, and they will come in and go out and find pastor. Looking at this, okay, so Jesus is. Well, he also said, "No one enter, no no one comes to the Father except through me." So if he's the gate, right? So you cannot enter into that gotta, inner court until you enter through the gate of of, of Messiah, who yeah, essentially are the are the Levite. But aren't we? Aren't, aren't all of that? Isn't all of that applicable to when he comes back? Well, right now, I think you look at it, and, I, and I'm, we're, you know, this conversation is about the Holy Spirit. So we're trying to figure out, you know, what's the job of the Holy Spirit. Right now, just coming to understand God is through the spirit of wisdom. So if you believe in God and you say, hey, I'm, I'm going to grow at any level and I'm going after God, it's through the spirit. So that's why the first camp is the spirit. So right now we're in the first camp. I mean, you, you can look at it. Wow. Some people have grown and, and come, you know, higher and maybe they have a closer relationship with God. You know, they're, they're, they're at a different level. Whatever the case is, you know, this world is a shadow of the next world. So, I mean, we, we just don't know all the details, but just looking at it from this perspective, if, if I don't know the Messiah, if I'm not seeking the Messiah, so let's just say like how I was when I was there, you know, when I first became a Christian, I just was like, I just wanted to believe in God. I just wanted to go to heaven. You know, it's like, hey, that's all I want. And okay, well, you know, hey, I'm in the camp of Israel. You know, I'm, I'm in the outer zone. Well, great. But, you know, think about like um, that that's only so good. And I mean, it, so, but you've got another level because Jesus said in Matthew five nineteen. You remember he he talked about there's greater and there's least. So there's a different level, and then he even talked about you know don't 
you know, don't be so quick to try to jump up to the front of the line. Gave a parable about, you know, sitting in the back and letting, you know, letting the leader bring you forward. So there's a, there's a definitely a process that is referred to throughout the Bible that talks about different levels in eternity. And even in Hebrews, it says they kept the faith. We talked about this on one of the podcasts. They, they right. kept the, they, they lived out the faith for a better resurrection. There's different camps. God is a God of distinction. I mean, he also says, Mr. K, in Matthew 7, 22, 24, many will come to him and say, but Lord, did we not do all these things in your name and, and drive out demons? And, and I know that's said, you know, it's preached on all the time. And, and I'll tell them plainly, you know, I never knew you a lot of and he's not talking about those in the world who say, you know, I cast out demons in your name and I did all these things. I prophesied in your name. He's talking about the, the, the churchgoers who say, you know, do you really know the Messiah? Because, you know, and it's really sobering to think about that. If you are entering through that gate, well, you know, you want to be you want to have a closeness with God. You want to come into that inner court and have community. But but if you get to that that gate from what we're talking about in the spirit into coming into Messiah, and he said, you know, I can't let you move closer to God because, you know, you, you never decided that you wanted to know me and I gave you the, the example. So so it really right. does drive home the 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 growth of and the moving forward of and the discipleship aspect of what he said. Go out and teach others to do this. And like you said, Mr. K, those who teach others to do this will be greater. They'll they'll. They'll, they'll come into community with God. Those who teach others to disregard this will be less. Something Irenaeus says in the, in the teachings is that they refer to the middle as paradise and that the middle zone was uh, the, the people who had understanding of the Messiah. There, there's a point. If you accept Jesus, if you're looking at this, this thing from a selfish view that, hey, I just want to go to eternity, it's really like, okay, well, you make it to eternity, but then there's this point that you really want to know the Messiah, and you're like, and a part of knowing that is this walk of obedience, because you're not going to know him without being obedient, and that's why, you know, John says in First John, you you know, you you know God by keeping His commandments. You you got to go through the process of obedience, and so you work that out, and you look at the guy on the cross. And I mean, if we're talking about here, the middle zone is about paradise. This is about knowing the Messiah. You think about the guy on the cross who you referred to last week. And and he's sitting there looking at Yeshua like, hey, remember me when you come to your kingdom. And he says, today you'll be in paradise. So if, if he's talking about this, he's talking about this guy's in the middle. So it's not, it, it, it's, a, it's the process that he worked through all the years before he ended up on the cross. Maybe he went through things, maybe he was thinking about it, but now he goes there and he's up on the cross and he's like, hey, I deserve this. And and he's like, Jesus, remember me. And he says, hey, today you'll be in paradise. <laughs> I mean, it's like, hey, you're going to come to this, this, this middle zone. You're going to come know me. But now think about this. I want to go closer to God and I have to go through that gate. Mm -hmm. I have to go into the temple. You know, and let's just look at look at a scripture in in uh, Isaiah fifty six. Just talks about it's it's talking about non Jews who keep Shabbat. You know, the thing is, if you want to know, you know, what Shabbat is, well, you have to learn it from the Jewish people because the Bible doesn't really tell you. I mean, we know in the beginning when God created the whole world in Genesis, it says He created the Sabbath. You know, it's like he, he created that Shabbat. So, I mean, it was well before the law was ever given. 
it's you know orally taught that the Shabbat has been kept for many many generations. It's you know even before Moses gave the law, and even in it was one of the things after they came out of Egypt when God delivered them. You know Moses took them out of Egypt. It was that they all kept the Shabbat, and God told them that, "Hey, I want you to keep the Sabbath." And it was a mixed multitude, so it was not. It was Jews and non-Jews. So you've got this whole thing. But what I want to point out in Isaiah fifty-six, it says, if you're a a foreigner, a non-Jew, keeping Shabbat, and you keep it correctly, then God says, I'll make a place inside my inside my temple, and I'll accept your sacrifice. So that means if you are a non-Jew keeping Shabbat and doing it right, you're getting access to go into the temple. Now, we look at it from this view here, and we can't understand that because we're not living in a time when there's a temple. But the way, the best way that I've come to really understand the temple in a, in a, uh, uh, an easy to think practical way, if I want to go have dinner with God, he says, come to my temple. It's like when you take your wife out to an anniversary, what do you do? You take her to a restaurant. You take her to a nice restaurant. That's the way you need to have an image in your mind of this. This is what God is doing. He's saying, come to my restaurant. Come to my temple. Come to my place where I'm dwelling. And I want you to partake and eat. Take the food that I've created in this world and let it be sanctified through your body, through your natural body. By let it let it cause you to have more strength. That is That's really what that system that process was now there's other things in this but about that system but just bringing this point out uh, I got yeah it. and you and you had said you had alluded to isaiah 56 and it says isaiah 56 6 this is in foreigners who bind themselves to the lord to minister to him to love the name of the lord and to be his servants all who keep all who keep the sabbath without desecrating it and who hold fast to my covenant these I will bring to my holy mountain where, and he's, I, I assume, well, I'm, I'm hoping that it means he's bringing them to the temple where, where his holy, where the temple is resides in the holy mountain and, and will give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. And for my house is called a house of prayer for all nations, right? So that includes myself, but there is a pre- uh, kind of requisite is that we need to keep the Sabbath. And I know we're going to jump into and get to the Sabbath in later podcasts. So I just want to move back to, and it really emphasizes what you were saying, Mr. K. The point is, is to have that time as the bride, as, you know, our relationship with God, to go and have a meal with him and be loved and be in, you know, like you said, that anniversary, take your wife out on, you know, for dinner, um, is to have that community and communion with God. And that, and that's yeah, what he's yeah. promising through that. So there are ways yeah. that he has laid out. And those who don't observe those ways, those who don't even consider those ways will come to the Messiah and say, but I want to enter through the gate. And he's going to say, depart from this gate. You, you're not, you, you can't enter any further and closer to God. Yeah. And he said, you can't enter because you were lawless. You didn't follow the instructions. That's the forgotten law. most of the time when that verse is preached. That's interesting to me. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I just, and since we're back to that, I just want to touch on, because you're going to have people with the, did away, Jesus did away with a lot of the laws. But I mean, he's, I mean, he unequivocally says, Matthew 5, 17, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I mean, it's, it unequivocally, he, he says, I have not come to abolish the law. Yeah. The, the, there is a jurisdiction for the laws. So if I live in my county, um, whatever county that's at, that county has laws. You know, that state has laws. 
Um, you know, and it's the same thing, the way God has set up his kingdom. Jews have laws, non-Jews have laws, kings have laws, you know, the Messiah has different laws, uh, which really is a king. I mean, that's what a Messiah is. It's a king of Israel. The women have laws, men have laws. So we, we all have a different jurisdiction. I, well, I heard it said, uh, Mr. K, you brought up, I think you brought up this point that, that really you take the law and, and, and put the word connection in there. There, there are ways to connect to God. There are ways yeah. to connect to the truth. Right. So to, to look right. at it as an overarching, like, you know, law, which I know kind of freaks people out. But like you said, and I love you brought that up. If you look in society, a society without laws is lawless by definition and and really is chaotic. And if God is a God of order, which we know him to be, we see the sunrise, the moon or the sunset, the moon rise. We see all these things working in tandem and then say, well, we really have no need for the connection or instructions that God had laid out is, is really not a good place to be. The, the thing is, I mean, it, look at it from the zones, you know, from these levels in eternity. If you want to go to the zone of God, well, you've got to go through the, the gate and, you know, Yeshua is the gate. And then you've got to do that by following, you know, by connecting through his, through his system, through the mitzvahs, through the commandments that he laid out. And, you know, so that's, uh, I mean, that's just the process God's laid out. And if, well, and if I don't want to do that. Right. If not, then what do we follow? I mean, if, you know, hey. I, I've heard it said, and, you know, we, we don't really need to consider those things. But if, if not, then what do we, what do we do? Do we just live a good life and, and, and make nice and, and do away? You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm on the fence of, about a lot of different things. Uh, it, it just alluding to which ones are we supposed to follow, which ones are we not supposed to, and, and, and we'll get into that in later podcasts. I just wanted to bring that up as we move forward. Um, you know, w- what are our directives as maybe you're a, a, a Gentile listener, maybe you're, you're, you know, somebody who is debating this and saying, okay, so where do I go from here? What am I supposed to do moving forward? I want to go through this gate. I am actively seeking, I'm actively desiring to know God at a deeper level. How do I, how do I begin this process? And really, let's go back to the Holy Spirit. We have a job to do. We're working through repentance and we're learning what our job is and our role. Living our potential. Living out our potential. And we're doing it through the Spirit of God. If you think about, let, let's just go back. Let's use an example of if, if you go to Book of Flight and you're going to, uh, let's just say you're going to go overseas. Anybody who's gone overseas can really relate to this. Let's just say I go, I want to go find a cheap flight. I'm going to go jump on it. I'm going to get economy class and hoorah, I'm on my way. Okay. So I know I'm going to have an eight hour time difference, you know, depending on where I go. But so I need to, you know, I need to make sure that I'm not going to have jet lag. Well, if I book that flight and I'm in the air and all of a sudden I'm in a little bitty seat. And I have no chance of sleeping. And I'm sitting there like, ah, and I'm barely getting to bed. And then all of a sudden there's 60 teenagers all around you and they're, they're partying <laughs> and you know, they're sitting there getting up, getting bags out of their stuff. They're talking, you can't sleep. And all of a sudden you just took this flight and it was the worst experience of your whole life. And now all of a sudden you get to your journey and you are dog tired and you just, you have jet lag and you, you it takes you three or four days to get back into it. And all of a sudden your flight's over and you got to come back. I mean, are that's you pulling experience. from experience, Mr. Are you pulling? From oh, experience? I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I, I took it. I took economy class trying to be cheap and it was the worst decision ever. 
Okay. So now, now I have taken comfort before and, you know, comfort's pretty nice. I mean, you can, man, you get like a pretty good chair. Ah, you can lean back. Ah, you could put, you know, earplugs in, you know, thing. You're, you're fine. With and all you, the riffraff and literally gets right? With all, with everybody. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. You even get a little better service, you know, or you can, you know, splurge and go for first class. And I mean, it's just, it's, you can't even explain it, the difference. So you've got these three different levels. You know, and you start looking at it like that, and you go to Hebrews 11, and, you know, there there were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. I mean, here they're working for something better. And, you know, you start thinking about the, the zones, the zones of spiritual holiness. You can kind of start really looking at this from a point like you can go into eternity. Well, you just want to be in economy class? Hey, you made it to eternity. Some people are like, well, I just, I just want to make it to heaven okay well when you get there you know that there'll be people gnashing their teeth <laughs> there'll be a grinding and gnashing of teeth you know if you think about well what is grinding and gnashing teeth well they're ticked off <laughs> they're like man i could have done so much better and they're grinding and gnashing their teeth i mean it's a whole different perspective definitely definitely uh, that is uh i i wow that's a unique perspective and it and it definitely brings some validity it makes sense when you look at the storyline you know, I've never really ground my teeth when I was, well, I guess you could. You're clenching your jaw like, oh, I wish I could have done done better. Um, yeah, bring up a good point. Something to consider. Yeah, so so you got the spirit of God, which is, it gives you, you know, it gives you wisdom, you know, understanding, knowledge. You just look back to the Old Testament and you're like, okay, the spirit of God, you know, they prophesied by the spirit of God. Spirit was, you know, it, it wasn't something new in the new testament i know a lot of people think oh well you know that we're in the new testament and all of a sudden oh we have the holy spirit that wasn't there before well no i mean it, it was just called the you know ruach elohim is the spirit of god all teaching about you know how you know jews don't really want to use god's name and so they'll use a different name and you know instead of saying the spirit of god you know they'll say the holy spirit or it's just a it, it's not as, that it's different it's just it was called something different but I mean, even, you know, there was a, a movement of the spirit of God, just like on, on the giving of, on Mount Sinai, on, when the Torah was given, could be directly, you know, almost the same thing that happened at Pentecost. Uh, the spirit of God came on that because it, it came in, you know, it, they had many people speaking different languages. Well, if you read the Torah, and on the day that God gave the Mount Sinai, and, and you read it from a Hebrew and a Jewish perspective, you'll see that it says that God gave the Torah in, in many languages. So mm. it, it wasn't wow. just, so there's correlation between the two. So it wasn't anything new, but it's just the Spirit of God is what gives wisdom, you know, understanding and knowledge. And so we the, remember that wisdom is the potential. So your potential comes through the Spirit of God. So you have to, and this is the thing, you have to be obedient and, and you you first have to accept his ways, which a lot of people, they accept him, they accept God, but they never come to accept his ways. So that's like kind of this first step into coming to know Messiah. Because once you, because you're, you're pledging allegiance to the king and the king is, is, he's protecting that covenant. So when we come into that covenant, our job is to protect the covenant. So if we start doing away with the covenant, then we're not we're not protecting it. We're and that's why we lose wow. that access. Wow, that is really that is really good. Um, take some time and let that let that sink in, marinate on on what was just said. That was very powerful. 
um, as I am, I'm marinating on it now, just, just kind of thinking through the process and, and what the purpose and the roles of, like we had talked about and discussed that, you know, we all have this potential, even the Holy Spirit was, was something that was given as, as a means to fulfilling potential. And, and also Jesus, the Messiah, um, you know, uh, given uh, the son of God to fulfill his potential. And he did fill his potential. That's why he was given the seat at the right hand of the father. He fulfilled his full potential. That's just, that's a, that's a really neat and unique perspective that we, uh, that we just kind of, I, I guess, uncovered. I've never really thought of it that way before. Yeah. I mean, your, your, your potential is you, is you protecting the covenant in your life and the people that are around your life, your friends and family. That's your job. You are to help protect that covenant. So, and you have to find your jurisdiction that you're living in. God will use your life as an example for others. But the whole goal is really to do that. That, that is your, that's, that's wisdom. That is, that is your potential. And what happens is you grow in that. You get more understanding of how to do that. And because what happens is you get understanding of that, then you can start applying that by the knowledge that you have. And so that's why when you're not connecting to the Jewish people, you are missing out on so much of the application of how do you apply God's commandments in his ways. I don't understand the Holy Spirit. Like even after this, I still like I get that it's the spirit of God. But what does that actually mean? Like I understand that my soul is different than me, than my human body or whatever. My soul was always that. Like I get that. So is the Holy Spirit God's soul? Is there, you know, I, I guess I kind of get the role of the Holy Spirit, but what is the Holy Spirit? Well, if I, I mean, could, if I could interject from, from my, from my understanding, you know, the, the Holy Spirit as you, you get the role of the Holy Spirit. So we know that we're working through this repentance journey. The Holy Spirit is not simply goosebumps on the back of your neck when you're, when you're worshiping. It's not that excitement you feel. He has a role and he is to be a comforter, a guide as you work through this and to be wisdom, correct? So um, that as, as I understand it, and so God has given us this gift because without the prompting of the Holy Spirit, we, we you know, the scales are not tilted in our favor because we will always revert back to, you know, this evil, this evil inclination. We need th this, this desire to do bad. You know, if, if left up to their own devices, children, we see them fighting over toys, you know, consuming, this is mine, this is, you know, really protective. And really, that just displays nature uh, working out. And and so what, what I look at as the Holy Spirit is God has given us a gift to to prompt us to kind of that voice of reason that, hey, do you really think that this is good for you? Or conscience? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you're mm -hmm. battling against that. But But what I see is, is that you're you yourself, me, myself, I, I believe it takes growth and maturity, but we'll err on the side of, you know, the negativity and going that way. And and even if we don't, we will always battle with that. I believe that God has given us this precious gift to be able to listen to reason, to battle, to work it out. And really the Holy Spirit as a guide, as a friend helping you through it. And as and, and as that voice of reason, the, the conscience, if you will. All of a sudden, you come into a place where the scales are tilted in your favor. Something, you know, this this incredible uh, God that has given us even yet another opportunity uh, and another, you know, I, I wouldn't say tool because it diminishes another heavenly tool, a heavenly uh, voice that would say, hey, reconsider this uh, because it's not going to turn out good. 
And um, and so that that's just my point of view. And Mr. K, do you want to interject he, on that? He, yeah, Paul said those who those who are the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. We have to be led by the Spirit of God. That confirms in us that we are His child. the The job of the the Spirit is to convict us of sin. Yeah, in the Gospel of John, Jesus speaks about the Holy Spirit and His work in convincing the world of sin. It's John sixteen eight. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, suggesting that one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to be, bring conviction to people's heart, helping them recognize their sinful nature and need for repentance. So looking at, looking at the scripture where Jesus talked about the unforgivable sin, which is blaspheming the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. there's a scripture in the Old Testament that talks about not, uh, not being obedient to God and I know in the Hamash where it talks, you know, where you get where you get the scripture on one side it's in Hebrew and one side on it's in English. There's there's a good definition of that, and it says not obeying God is blaspheming God. So now Jesus makes a reference and says the unpardonable sin is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. If the Spirit of God is telling you that something is wrong. And now you're not obedient to him. That's you're basically blaspheming the Holy Spirit in that situation. Well, you're not going to ask for forgiveness. So it's not pardonable. You have to forget. You got to ask for forgiveness. You got to go through the process of repentance. You know, if you never go through the process of repentance, then you can't be forgiven. I, just giving a, a, an angle there, it, you can't be forgiven if the Spirit of God is convicting you of a sin and you don't listen. You know, putting this into my into my mind. If, if I have, you know, if I've committed a crime and I don't change, I don't desire to change, I, I could care less what the counselors and the, uh, you know, the judge, uh, the, the, my attorney would say, Hey, man, this probably is not a good idea. And I disregard and I fall right back into, you know, said sin, uh, criminal act. Well, I'm going to be punished accordingly that there's a warrant put out for my arrest. And, and now I am, I, I am definitely going, that's going to come to a reckoning someday. I'm going to have to pay for that, correct? And so, so now what we're saying is, is that, you know, you have the opportunity to work through it, to, to start to make corrections in your own life. First, admit it. Second, start to make these corrections and, and turn from what you're doing. You know, even if we go to Second Chronicles 7 14, turn from your wicked ways. You know, then I will forgive you. Then I will heal you. But I agree with you, Mr. K, is that voice of reason is saying, hey, you need to reconsider this. You, you know, I'm your attorney and I need or I'm your, you know, counselor. I need you to understand this is going to, to not end well. Well, I don't care what you say. Well, you know, then you end up incarcerated for the rest of your life because you've completely, you know, continued in, in this journey that you're on. So as I'm trying to understand it applicable to my life, Saying, you know, I, I agree, you blaspheme the Holy Spirit. You're saying, you know what, I disregard everything you say. I'm going to keep doing what I believe is right. Or I'm going to listen to a voice that is, quote, unquote, the Holy Spirit. When if you really don't know, you really haven't entered into that world of understanding or even desiring to understand or considering uh, truth. Well, how do you know this is the voice of the Holy Spirit? How do you know you know, and, and I would then say personally that it's the, the, you know, fruit leading you to all truth. You're obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You're going to be able to hear him. And that's where you grow and you, you get, you know, you're getting experience. As I get the, as I get the experience, 
I hear the Holy Spirit and I'm obedient, then the Holy Spirit's going to continue to lead me. And so when I, when I, when he leads me to stop something and I work through repentance, he, he gives me an understanding of a mitzvah of a commandment. And now I start working through that and applying it. And so it's this experience. It's a level of experience. It's just like going to work in a job. If I don't show that I'm learning and I work through the experience, then I'm not going to go any further in my career. I mean, I get stuck. And, and you, you know, in the, the thing is, and you're looking at that from a spiritual side, it, it's really the same concept. That's a great point. I just want to point out, so when I was looking at this for the, um, uh, about the Holy Spirit convicting you, uh, one of the things I came across was Galatians 5, 22 and 23, where it talks about the Holy Spirit's work uh, goes beyond conviction. The Holy Spirit empowers and gives strength to, to kind of overcome sin and helps in applying and understanding and applying God's word. Like, so is that talking about revelation to each individual person and the Holy Spirit helping with that? Is that kind of what that is? Yeah. The, you're, you're given things in measure. And so they're, they're measured to you how you measure them. Right. Sowing and reaping, measure for measure. Yeah. What you reap, you'll sow. Yeah. It's, yeah. You, you have to, you want to, if you, that's what you say. Or you want to reap of the Spirit, you've got to sow to the Spirit. It's a sowing and reaping. If you're going to, if you're going to sow to the flesh, you're going to reap of the flesh. So, it, it, it's it, life is growth and it's the same thing we're growing in this world and it will be reflected in the next world it's kind of like when you go buy that plane ticket if i'm up in the air and all of a sudden i'm in, in this coach class and i'm sitting there like oh man this flight is terrible well i can't go to the, the stewardess and say hey i want to buy a, an upgrade she's gonna be like uh no you got to do that on the ground <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing. And, mm, I mean, wow. you look at that. All of a sudden, we're in eternity, and it's like, oh, you know what? Oh, hey, 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 Jesus, I want to actually come. I want to come up to the next one. You know, I want to go through the gate. It's like, no, you've got your chance to do that here. You know, and and we gain the understanding and the strength of the jurisdiction that God wants us in, that process that he's taking us through, that walk of repentance. He does that through the Spirit of God. And we get it in measure, and we're getting it in the measure that we put into it. Which comes back to the question that you had mentioned at the beginning of this podcast was, why did Jesus need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? If Jesus was, you know, and, and is truly God from God, however you want to look at that, however you are, you know, debating, arguing in your mind. Again, we ask the questions and bring up topics that no one else is bringing up, you know, and, and I feel justified saying that. You know, we're looking, we're looking deeper because I'm tired personally of just kind of taking this message of, well, Jesus did it all. Um, and, and I have grace to continue sinning. It really, what, that's what it goes, boils down to. There's a loophole that, you know, that, that, that has been identified, maybe not called out is that, you know, I will go on sinning because grace has been extended. Cause really all I have to do is, is, is say, Jesus, forgive me. Well, that goes again and, Again, I'm not trying to be confrontational or, or aggressive towards anyone, but essentially, would that be labeled as blaspheming the Holy Spirit? As you're basically saying, I want nothing to do with, with this Jewish Messiah and what he had said that we needed to do, and I'm simply going to base it off of what I feel, the translations that, that I basically will accept as truth, and, and now there's really no change happening, because when it comes down to it, um, you know, Paul had said, he alluded to, you know, so so this grace has been extended. Do we go on sinning just because that that event took place? Well, by no means. 
But really, when you come back to it, Mr. K and, and, and Rick, is that it really is a loophole to continue to live the life that, you know, humanity wants to live. And when given over to those desires, we see the effect of that in the world today. I, I, I would I wouldn't say loophole because loophole implies it's actually there and it's valid. Um, uh, you know, loopholes work. Um, okay. it's an, I, I would say it's an excuse used by some to okay. continue to have willful ignorance. Okay. And, and if not really considering this, then, then it really does make you uh, not really living up to the potential that God had laid out before time began in his book. That, that we go back to that book of life. We, the only way we can reach our full potential is through the Spirit. And that's why Jesus had to have the Spirit on him. You know, he, he didn't do miracles through the Logos. It, di it didn't say that, you know, he, he was able to do these miracles because of the Logos, because so, of the so Word. Did it, right. Did it come at the discretion of the Holy Spirit or by the person? So, you know, just, just you know, a couple of seconds I, you know, I've been in circum circumstances, instances where I've had the opportunity to see the Holy Spirit of God work, um, whether it be healing, uh, you know, raising from the dead, you know, casting out of demons, all of those things. And but it wasn't that I was going out necessarily seeking it. It was more of the prompting of the Holy Spirit saying there's a time and a place for such things. Right. Even even uh, Jesus you know, had, had alluded on his first miracle. It's not time. For, it's not my time yet. Um, there, there is a timing thing that's going on here. So when I look at it as a saying, well, I want to go out and just heal that person. Well, we don't really understand the story that, you know, what they're going through, the reasoning behind it, you know, if he's, if he's bringing them to a point of repentance. So, so I guess it goes back to my question of, you know, in, in these healings, in these deliverances, in all of these things, is it, is it, do I have control over the Holy Spirit in my life or is it merely a prompting to do what the spirit says. Do, do, does that make sense? Do, do I initiate, yeah. do I instigate the healings and, and all of these things, or is it by the discretion of the Holy Spirit? Uh, well, it's definitely by the discretion of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's God will work through whoever he wants. We, you know, I, I mentioned uh, the podcast before the, about how the spirit of God went on uh, Balaam. If Balaam was a false prophet, you know, he was somebody who, who he was going out to curse, um, you know, the children of Israel and God wouldn't right. let him. Maybe there's a point where, um, God will let your will overwrite. You know, I mean, it, it's it definitely, I mean, you can look at Jesus. I mean, he was, he had the choice not to go to the cross. So, but, you know, and I would say that it was definitely the Holy Spirit that led him to the cross. Wow. But he still had the power to, you know, make a choice. So I think there's something, you know, and that's what life is. It's a, it's a free will. That's why the definition of life is, is we're in this body and we can, we have our will. And it's the point where we say, no, not my will, but your will. But when, you know, Jesus said many people come to me on that day and they said, I, I healed and I say, I, you know, I, I cast out demons. Well, so there's probably some point where uh, a human can have, uh, you know, power, authority to do something, but, you, you definitely don't want to be in that side. I mean, I don't want to go before Jesus and say, hey, I did this in my name. Cause well, you, because you know, the, the emphasis is on the, but depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So it seems like it, it takes yeah. kind of a precedent as the, the point of judgment, I guess you, you would call it, because he is. He's, he's separating what is righteous and what is unrighteous. And he says, you know, the, 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 the factor there uh, that he's calling out is 
you basically you who never came to understand what was set forth before you as truth and adopting it and living by it. And and so where, where I look at, well, there's some great things. And I see a lot of, you know, modern day religious entities really going after the Holy Spirit, but kind of drop the ball when it comes to obeying what God had set forth as his commandments for us to to follow. And I think that is a good topic to get into uh, in a future podcast. Somebody's not following God's instructions and they're doing they're doing miracles. I've just come in my personal where I'm at today. I've really come to believe that they're not they're they're only doing it themselves. They're doing it selfishly. Well, isn't that what it says about yeah. a false prophet? Those you know, dreamer of dreams comes and does these things. I, I believe it's Deuteronomy. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. And he says, um, you know, be careful. You know, they they but they don't follow the commandments of God, or they don't even adhere. You know, or yeah, and it. But I don't want to get, get into that. That's really sticky. I'm not trying to call people false prophets. Get into all that we, stuff. I'm just basically saying. If we're living by the word, we have to be cognizant of these these uh, statements that yeah. really rock us to our core. There's definitely, you know, we definitely need to have a podcast about that because, I mean, there is a discussion about what a false prophet is, and it's somebody who teaches against Torah. So it's okay. because it's, Moses said if somebody teaches against what he taught then and they do miracles, then they're a false prophet. But, you know, right now, just kind of summarizing this, this whole discussion – we're talking about we are trying to grow through this life. We're, we're trying to go to the next zone, so to say. We're growing spiritually. I mean, we can look at it, whether we're in a job, whether we're at church, you know, the spiritual side. We're growing. We're, we're our, whole, our whole goal is growing. So we're going to the next zone. We do that by the Spirit of God. And we do that through being obedient. And, and he takes us from one step to the next. Right. And and so, a listener, you know, we, we are not advocating that anyone drop what they're doing, uh, you know, become, you know, become a Jew uh, or or on the latter, convince Jewish, you know, people, uh, children of Israel, whatever, however you want to look at that, to become a Gentile. We're not advocating for these things. We're merely uh, bringing up some some points and some questions to really for you to consider, for you to sit back and go, hmm, and to work it out, to, to argue in your own mind and and it's and it's really not ours to to try and convince you we are not salesmen for the kingdom of heaven. Um, we're merely you know placing before you a buffet and saying you know th- there is a buffet that that God has placed before all of us, and you you essentially you pick and choose uh, what you want to partake of. At the same time, understand that the heart behind this podcast is to disciple. And you know when when the the verse says in Matthew twenty eight nineteen through twenty. You know, to go therefore into all the world, uh, make disciples. Really, our our mission in life should be to work this out together. We are collaborative. We're 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 taking different points of view. We're bringing them together, and and then you have the opportunity to accept this as truth or to push it away and say this is completely not where I want to go. The road that I don't want to go down. But I would then I would then ask you to consider those words that. You know, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You know, going back to to verses like Hebrews ten twenty six and saying, uh, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we receive the knowledge of truth, you, you know, listening to this podcast and maybe uh, adopting some things that you agree with and working it out, you know. But the end of the verse says there is no sacrifice left, no sacrifice for sins is left, uh, which brings us back to repentance and and considering. As the Holy Spirit is prompting you, you need to you need to consider it, work it out, and uh, and then understand that you need to 
you know, turn from and start to engage truth and live by it. And we will see, like Rick called out, the fruits of the spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness. That's how we know that we are living this truth out. So, gentlemen, I want to thank you again uh, for giving of your time and uh, and your energy to to ask the tough questions, to consider and ponder on uh, truth. And and I believe this is a really fruitful podcast. I really appreciate you both being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Mike. And and so as we close out today, my friends, know that you are loved, you are prayed for. I might never meet you, we might never come into contact, but understand that we are all in this together. And there is an opportunity uh, that we have before us is to uh, partake in this incredible smorgasbord of truth, understanding, love from the kingdom of God, and we do it uh, through through understanding how our Messiah, how Jesus Christ lived, and we adopt those principles and start to live ourselves as Jesus did, and we will see God's kingdom come to earth. So thank you once again for being a part of the HowDoIRepent.org podcast, and until next time, keep going, keep seeking, keep asking, keep knocking, ask difficult questions, email us with, uh, with, with some questions that we can jump into and ponder together with, and, uh, and we'll see you back here once again next week on the howdoirepent.org podcast.